What's up, everybody? Gracie here with another episode of Clippers Weekly on Mark's Takes. Hope everyone's having a great day today. Before I get into today's episode, I want to say that we are sponsored. This episode is sponsored by Fine Line Sportsbook. It's the perfect time to get on a brand new book right before March Madness. And if you're interested in getting on a great customer-friendly book, Fine Line Sportsbook is the sportsbook for you. Go ahead and shoot them a direct message on Instagram at Fine Line Sports, and they'll take great care of you. All right, let's get into the episode. Okay, what's up, everybody? So we're talking Clippers. It's been a minute since I talked to Clippers. It's been since before the All-Star break. I've said, I say this a lot. All-Star break is, yes, it's for the players to take a break, but it's also for the for the fans. You know, it's mentally exhausting sometimes to, to watch the Clippers, and we all need a mental break from the Clippers. And Honestly, they couldn't have gone into the break in a worse way. Like, you don't want to go into a, an All-Star break the way the Clippers did. They lost three in a row, three games where they kind of blew the lead late, couldn't score. Two of them were nationally televised games, which is always the worst because the casuals come out uh, when we're on national TV. But, you know, when we beat a great team, not on national TV, crickets, just crickets. But because it's on national TV, the casuals were out. And that's just not the way you, you want to end you know, the first half of the season. I feel like in my last episode, I talked about consistency and how consistency is key. And like, it just plays a big role in the Clippers success. Like how can, how consistent can they be? Um, So they basically did the opposite of what I had asked and they closed the break in the worst way possible. And it kind of left everybody uneasy. I think that was kind of the worst part about it was like, The way they ended, you know, everyone was mad and, like, upset. You don't want to go into a vacation, a break, upset, mad, uneasy, just about, like, the Clippers play. You know, you want to go into it feeling good, feeling confident about your team. So when they came back from the All-Star break against the Warriors, another national televised game on TNT. So the casuals, you know, they're definitely coming out. I feel like before this game, I really didn't know how the Clippers were going to come out because after just such a weird ending to the first half of the season, I was like, I honestly don't know what to expect from this team. I really, that's what I feel like from this squad. I really never know what I'm going to get from them each and every night, which just kind of keys into how inconsistent they are. So another Warriors game, uh, TNT. I feel like we play them a lot, but TNT is great for us to get some national televised time, like I said, and we smacked them. I mean, we blew them out of the water like 40 points, and it was great to see just from the tip, hungry, aggressive. Like that was really great to see. Um, and they put them away, you know, there was never really any doubt, you know, they were up 35 points, honestly, there's always doubt with the Clippers, I'm, if you're a real Clipper fan, like, I tweeted this the other day, and like, it kind of blew up, I was like, if you're a real Clipper fan, like, they're up 35 points, and you're still sweating, because that's just like, the Clipper way, and it sucks that it's like that, but that's just how it is, so yeah, they're up 35 points, but I'm like, which random Warriors player is going to go off and cut the lead to single digits, I'm like, it's going to be Bazemore for sure, it's going to be Bazemore, 
he's going to be the one who goes off against us or Draymond Green. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice to get a, a good victory like that on national TV, come out of the break feeling strong. Just a great, great all-around game, and it's always nice to just put them away early and then not have to worry about it. Um, and then we had another game on Sunday, and this was basically like the complete opposite of what we saw on Thursday. So again, just so inconsistent with the play. So we were again national TV. I mean, we're getting a lot of national televised games. This was two in a row. We were on ESPN Sunday night, and we absolutely get blown out by the Pelicans. And I don't know what the Clippers were expecting. I if they were expecting to just go into New Orleans and have like an easy game against them, I mean that was never going to happen. The Pelicans are kind of peaking right now at the perfect time. Kind of all their players are getting, you know, their own roles and figuring out how to work together. I think like Lonzo, Zion, Brandon Ingram, you know, they're all kind of figuring out their roles. Even Josh Hart like all the people that got traded from the Lakers are really, like, trying to... They've really found these, like, defined roles with the Pelicans, which is great to see, and they're winning a lot of games. So it's awesome. I feel like it took such a long time for them to be a fun team and, like, team that people want to watch, but I feel like they're finally turning the corner. People are finally starting to get excited over the Pelicans. So we go down there, just absolutely get embarrassed, no defense. Kawhi and Paul George were getting beat off the dribble. No Patrick Beverly. Again, I'll get into that a bit later, but he's out. Knee soreness, whatever that means. I've heard it for the past two years now, and I I, I still don't know what it means. But So he's out, and we just get blown out of the water. They just looked like they did not want to be there, didn't try. There was no effort. I was literally watching, turned it off because I was like, why should I watch this? Like, why should I be caring right now more than they care, you know, on the court? So I was like, I'm turning this off because it was just a pathetic defensive display. Everyone just looked horrible. Luke Kennard was maybe the only spark. He had some good moments in garbage time, and he played, and he looked good. He had, like, 15, 14 points garbage time, but, you know, good for Luke to get some minutes in. But just embarrassing. I think that was definitely up there with one of the worst losses of the season for sure because, you know, we had our squad minus minus Patrick Beverly, but like we had a we had our squad and to lose by 30 points, whatever, 20 points. It was 30, almost 30 at one point. To lose by that many points to the Pelicans on national TV was just embarrassing. Like I get it. Clippers, you know, they need games where they need some adversity, okay? People are always like, the Clippers need games like this. Like, this strengthens them. Like, they need adversity. I see a lot of that. Um, and I, I agree to that to some point. I don't think a game where they absolutely look like they don't give one shit is not good for adversity. I think it's just lazy and it's a weak mentality that they have. I think that th some of them are very weak mentally and that's a big problem I think that a game like that is not good for the Clippers to grow I think it just shows some like the mentality and the laziness I think a good adversity game would be like battling back and forth and losing at the buzzer okay like you're still out there playing hard but you know you come up short like that is a good game for adversity I don't think a game where they where they come out looking depleted tired I really don't think 
And especially they had four days off, okay? They had four days off. It's not like they were on a back-to-back. They weren't tired, okay? They had, like, three days off. So it was just confusing. There was no effort. So I don't think a game like that is good for the Clippers for adversity. Like, I don't I don't think that's how it works. I think at the end of the day, they were just lazy, and they didn't look like they, they want to be there. And it's just it's inexcusable at some point because you're just like, what is going on with the consistency of this team? And that was definitely up there with like one of the worst losses. I think that Memphis loss where where we where we allowed like seventy five points in the paint or something was by far the worst. But I wanna say that this one was probably the second worst, I think, just because like again, full squad and just looked like we did not wanna be there. So I, I wanna say that was definitely definitely one of the the worst losses and it's never good to go out like that on national TV because then the casuals come out people that don't watch Clipper games and they're like Clippers stink like it's hard because that's the only time they watch the Clippers is on national TV and obviously I don't agree with what they say but that's the general public talking and it's just frustrating to see that when they don't even watch half the other games that aren't on national TV. But boy, those casuals for sure come out after national televised games. And it's been so frequent after that Bucks game. I feel like every time a national a national televised game happens and the Clippers are playing and they lose, I feel like every time I go on Twitter, Pandemic P is trending like right away. Those those casuals on Twitter get it trending in like two minutes, and they don't even watch the game. They just get it. They're just like, oh, Clippers lost, pandemic P. You know, the, those words just, they're combined. You know, like people think just because the Clippers lost, pandemic P. And it's frustrating to see because they have no idea what's going on. He'll drop like 31, and they'll be like, pandemic P, pandemic P, just because it's on national television and they don't really watch anything else. They don't watch any other Clippers games. Frustrating to see. So then last night was the Mavericks game. And again, I had no idea what to expect from this from this game. Like I always try to go in positive vibes, positive energy, but... Again, so inconsistent. They're coming off a loss, but they do really they do bounce back very nicely, right? So on on, you know, they always bounce back. It's always nice to see. They won 109-99. The player of the game for me, I think, was Zubok because Zubok, no surge, so he's in the starting lineup and he honestly Zub the thing about Zubok is that he plays so much better with the starters and it's exponentially better so I think at one point you have to be like should he start I think it's a conversation worth having because you know he plays so much better I think he's just more confident with that group he knows them and I just think he has a lot more confidence when he's with them he's more comfortable it's really nice to see Serge isn't Serge hasn't been, you know, fantastic this season, but I think it's definitely a conversation worth having because, I don't know, I think he could be better with the starters and Serge, you know, on the bench. I don't really see a problem with that. I think it's definitely a conversation worth having if you're Ty Lue and, you know, Serge is going to be out for a for a while with his back injury when Serge comes back. I think it's definitely... Definitely a conversation that Ty Lu Ty Lu should have, but 
So Zubak had a double-double, great stuff. Paul George was not cooking, okay? He was pretty bad today, to, uh, last night. Sorry about that. But he had a good dagger at the end of the game. De- defensively, they were just a lot better. You know, I always say when they when they allow under 100 points, that's a huge dub. And they allowed 99 points. So they're right at the right at the mark there. But anytime you allow a team under 100 points, I count that as a dub. So, so good for them defensively a lot better a lot more active I even saw Lou Williams pick off Luca which was very interesting I mean credit to Lou he's been a lot better defensively this season a lot of people give him good good props because he has been so much better defensively I honestly think now he's he's average on defense and last season he was below average but like credit to Lou okay now he's average defender last season below average but yeah Zubok 15 and 11 he was just really you know next man up mentality he was really making his presence felt um on the court with Serge out I like it I like him with the starters Morris was in the starting lineup uh Batum got benched I love that I love that move I love Batum but I originally when when he joined the team I originally thought he was going to be like the sixth man off the bench type of thing and I guess he was so good in training camp that Ty Lue was like, yeah, Batum, you start. But I'm glad it's it's back to the old way just because I think Morris has more impact when he starts. And I love Batum coming off the bench, kind of mentoring those younger players like Terrence Mann. He'd be a great mentor. Him and Batum and Lou is like a great veteran, two great vets coming off the bench. So I, I honestly like that. The scoring against the Mavs was like, it was pretty, you know, we had a lot of different players in double digits. So we had like Kawhi had 22, Zubak had 15, Paul George had 15, Marcus Morris had 14, Lou Williams had 14, Batum had 12. He had four three-pointers. So we had 12 points, all three-pointers. Reggie had 12 points. So just a lot more balanced scoring. I don't, like Leonard, 22 points. Yes, he's a leading scorer, but... You know, this is a lot more balanced. We have seven players in double digits, and that's that's just great to see. You know, I hate when it's all about Kawhi because that's just not how we're going to win at the end of the day. You know, it's got to be balanced. Everyone's got to contribute. I loved that Paul George dagger at the end. I like it because he, you know, he was pretty off the entire game, but he got the ball, had Luka guarding him, and just put the game away. I like that because he, you know, he was pretty bad. But he, you know, when it mattered, he hit the big shot. And I, I really like that. He looked hype. The video was so awesome of them, like, all celebrating. So I appreciate I appreciate Paul George, you know. He didn't get in his head. He just, well, he was having an off night, but he still pulled up. And it was nice to see over Luca's crying ass because that's always, that's always great. Perfect ending to that game. Good game. And we have them again t- tomorrow, another back-to-back. I think it would be um great to, you know, sweep Dallas, especially after they, they beat us by 50 points in, in our home gym. So I think it would be great to sweep them. I think winnable game for sure. We'll see if Surge is back, but I do think it would be great to just, th- you know, if we can get a if we can get two wins in Dallas, I think that Pelicans game can kind of be forgotten about, but if we go 1 and 2 on the trip, that's not going to be great. 
but I think a, a sweep would be chef's kiss. You know, a sweep in Dallas would be chef's kiss. Nothing I love, nothing more than Mark Cuban being upset that the Clippers beat that the Clippers beat the Mavs. And honestly, when I was watching the game last night, there was some like tension between the Mavs and the Clippers. I was not expecting that. Obviously, like we met in the first round, maybe I honestly just don't remember anything about the first round. I honestly think it's that because all I remember is the series versus Denver because it was like scarring and emotionally. I'm like, I have traumatic experience. It's, I, I would qualify that as a traumatic experience. But I don't even remember like the Mavs series. I do remember Morris getting ejected because he was did something to Luca. That's the only thing I remember. But they gave Morris. They have fans at the game, obviously in Dallas, and they gave Morris a heavy, heavy booze, like heavy booze, which was funny to see that they're still butthurt about it. When I honestly don't, I didn't even remember one thing about the Mavs series, but. They're so really in their feelings about it, which is hilarious. Um, they were booing Paul George quite a bit, which again was interesting because that's like when Pandemic P started. So I was like, why are you guys booing him? Like he stunk it up and you and you guys still lost, which says a lot. So just like they were pissed off. And I, I don't think it's like a rivalry, honestly, between the Mavs and the Clippers. I think we own them at the end of the day. That 50-point loss does sting, but like, we beat them in six games. I think it's honestly the Morris thing they really don't like. I think people, I think a lot of Mavs fans just hate hate Marcus Morris because of that. Makes sense, but I don't think it's a rivalry. You don't really need to get, you know, that heated over it. But, yeah, so we're back at it again. Let's sweep them, sweep Dallas, and then go back, go back home. And then we have a great game against the Hornets. I'm excited for that because – Hornets are a fun, fun team. They're kind of they're they're getting better, you know. And Scary Terry's on the trade watch, trade block apparently. So great audition game for him. You know, I've been on that Scary Terry train now for for at least the entire season. I want to say the entire season. Last off season, I wanted him. It's still on my wall. I'm looking at it. I have my future Clippers wall. Scary Terry's there, but. Trade-wise, I mean, I've seen so much stuff. I really don't know what to believe. Part of me read that first article that was like, you know, the Clippers aren't, you know, they're very happy with their roster and they're not trading anybody. They're hoping for a second-half surge. All this stuff, okay? I think that was out of The Athletic a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, and I was like, oh, man, like, dang it. Because I kind of want, like, a trade. kind of want to switch things up a bit, but... I was like, oh, dang it, like, this team, second half surge, I don't think they're a finals-bound team with this squad, and, but then I'll see stuff like Terry Roger, uh, Scary Terry, you know, he's, Clippers are looking at him, they're looking for a guard, George Hill, they're looking for Ricky Rubio, and so I'm so confused, and I don't think the front, the front office has never been a front office to be, to be, like, leaking stuff, you know, they move in silence for the majority of the time, we never really know what's going on, right? Whenever they make moves, dead silent. Like, Luke Kennard thing was dead silent. Uh, was a draft night. We had no idea. We were expecting basically nothing. And somehow they finessed Luke Kennard on draft night and silence, right? So they move in silence. So I'm like, when I'm reading all these leaks and stuff, I'm like, I don't know how 
realistic this is because we're not a front office that's you know, screaming, we need a guard, we want George Hill, we're going after George Hill. So, yeah, that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to believe those guard rumors. But then why would they say we're, like, either one makes no sense because they're not usually leaking me- leaking information to the media, so it really makes no sense. I I honestly would be surprised if this team doesn't make a move. I think just... I don't know. I I feel like the guard thing is so divided. Like, uh, everybody on Clippers Twitter has a very, very strong opinion about the guard thing. Like, everybody either wants a guard more than they want, like, a million dollars, literally, or doesn't want a guard and will stand by Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams till, like, the day that they die. And I'm like... This is insane. Like, it literally is the most divided thing I've ever seen. And I feel like Scary Terry is a bit unrealistic because, again, we have no trade assets. Absolutely zero. If we wanted Scary Terry, we would have to trade Patrick Beverly. And a part of me is very close to trading Patrick Beverly because of his he's too injury-prone for me. And... I can't no one can rely on him come playoff time to be healthy when he's he can he doesn't even play 10 consecutive games like I don't know the last time he played more than like what 7 to 8 games consecutively it's always the knee soreness it's so broad no one knows what that means it's been going on for for months now and for years and at what point do you just have to to trade him to get someone who's healthier and someone you can rely on in the postseason, the Clippers are exponentially better with Patrick Beverly. We've all seen that graphic, right? We've all seen that graphic that's like, you know, they've they 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 have like a below five hundred record record when Patrick Beverly does not play. Um, but I just don't think you can rely on someone like that that's so injury prone. I think health is like the biggest thing for the Clippers if they want to make a deep postseason run. And if Patrick Beverly is going to be constantly injured, you cannot have that in the postseason. I think at what point you just have to be to just trade him to get someone who's a little bit more reliable on the health side because it's actually getting a bit ridiculous. And I love the dude. He's a Clipper legend, heart of this team. But he can't be the heart of this team when he's always injured on the bench. So I really think it's worth considering if he can't stay healthy for the remainder of the season, postseason, like, come on, it's getting a bit ridiculous how often he's out. And personally, I think that George Hill would be the best option for the Clippers. I think he's a great vet. He plays defense, spreads the floor. He's just like a good old-fashioned point guard, shoots well. Let's not forget that him and Paul George are also very close. They played in Indiana together, and they would go to war against LeBron when he was on the Heat, right? Like, you got to have some chemistry from that. They went to war against LeBron, and they never won. They never beat them in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, it was hard. They're like brothers for life, I'm telling you. And they are very, very close. I did some long, long Instagram stalking on Paul George's Instagram and found so many pictures of the two of them. They have a really like cute friendship because they literally went to war. And I th- and I really think he would help the Clippers out a lot. But at the end of the day, I don't think 
OKC is going to do anything for us. I mean, they basically own our entire future, right? They own our entire future, and they they don't really... I feel like there's some weird tension there. Like, we gave them Shea, so why... Like, we gave them, like, their best player. We gave them Shea, and we gave them our entire draft future. So, I don't think Sam Presti wants anything to do with us. They don't owe us really anything, but we did give them Shea, like... I don't, I don't know. It's tough. I, uh, people always are like, you know, Thunder Clippers, Presti isn't going to do anything. But I don't know. I don't know what we would give up. Probably like Lou, Picks, and someone else. Fee, Picks. You know, at the end of the day, Presti just wants Picks. That's Like, that's it. That's all he wants. So probably like all our second rounders, Lou, Fee, Honestly, wouldn't be bad. It's all about George Hill's health, too. Like, how healthy can he be? Lonzo, I unfortunately, I think that kind of passed, you know, just because he's been balling out and he kind of looks really happy with the Pelicans. They're thriving. I don't think they're going to make any moves. I think they're kind of going to build off of what they have now. And, yeah, I mean, good for them. Like, Lonzo was having had a scary beginning of the season, like absolutely horrendous. He was horrible, and now they're again they're all trying they're they're all like finding roles for themselves, and like they're finally playing winning basketball. It took them way too long, but you know everyone comes around eventually, and they finally are. So good for them, and I think the Lonzo ship has sailed, unfortunately. Just because I think he's just having fun. He's just having a lot of fun. And that's okay. Good for Zoe, right? Like, he just, he never really found his place here when when he was with the Lakers. So I'm actually happy because all those guys got shipped away to New Orleans because LeBron, LaFraud, was demanding Anthony Davis and, sh- and sent them all away. And, like, they were probably bummed, you know, to, to go to New Orleans. But after a full year, a year and a half, they're finally finally playing some winning basketball which is great great for them I really like to see them all all thriving down there so I don't think Lonzo's an option I read Ricky Rubio I don't that would probably be my last option Ricky Rubio doesn't really add anything honestly like I I haven't really seen him play but I just I don't think that's what we need at the moment Ricky Rubio would be my last option so I think Hill would would be the best without giving with without you know giving up too much if they really want to go all in then get scary terry and trade patrick beverly because you would have to you would have to trade scary terry i mean you have to trade bev lou probably zubok too because scary terry makes like a lot of money and those three dudes do not so you would probably have to trade zubok with Lou, Pat Bev to get uh to get Scary Terry. I don't know if that's worth it. Like again, like Zubok is one of the best backup centers in the league. So I I don't think that's worth it. A lot of the time when we talked about these trades at the beginning of the season, like Lonzo, you know, we were very quick to just like include Terrence Mann right away because you know, we didn't know anything about Terrence Mann. We we're like he's just rotting away on the bench. Let's trade him, you know? But now like I think about it and it's like complete opposite because we like Terrence Mann like everyone loves Terrence Mann he he's grown exponentially as a player the player development has been insane and now we all love him and no one wants him to go I just think that's funny how how quickly that switched up because 
I mean, it's hilarious. I, I was even making trades in the beginning of the season with him, sending him to New Orleans so to get Zoe. But now I'm like, no, like I don't think – I think his defense we need. He's, you know, he's developing so quickly. So I'm like, no, like let's not trade Terrence Mann. No one wants Luke Kennard, and no one wants that contract that the Clippers gave him. That was a, a very bad idea to give him that big extension before he had even stepped on the court. Now he just, he barely plays and he DNPs quite a bit. Like he literally DNPs almost every other game. He didn't play the other night uh, versus the Mavs. He, again, he had like a good couple moments versus, versus the Pelicans in garbage time, you know. But I really like to see him out there with the starters, getting some better minutes. But I also don't think, I also don't think he's worth that $64 million contract. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Again, they move in silence, okay? They move in silence, and we never know what's going to happen with the Clippers. So, just, tr- you know, in in Lawrence Frank, we trust. In Bomber, we trust. Try not to speculate too much, okay? Because the trade deadline's coming up. Try not to speculate. You know, just just have them do their thing. Because I do I think that they they are, you know, I do trust them a fair amount. So we'll see what happens again, but just try not to speculate. Trust the trust the front office and yeah, I mean, that's it. That's going to do it for today's episode. We had a almost a full 30-minute episode, longest episode by far just because I have a I have a lot to say about this team. You know, I had a lot to say about them. And I think I got it all out there. Like, I feel good. I feel refreshed, ready to go. Back at it again tomorrow night versus the Mavs. 6 p.m. I'll be tweeting. I'll be tweeting. It's going to be fun. Be sure to follow the podcast on Spotify if you haven't already. And go ahead and go on Twitter and follow me at Gracie Marks. And then follow my Instagram at Marks Takes. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.